Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, beginning in verse 6, and I'm going to also read verse 7 as well. Today I want to begin a new series called A Commitment to Contentment. A Commitment to Contentment. Our series text is found in Philippians 4 and 11, and it says this, that I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I have learned that whatever state I'm in, to be content. I find it interesting that the writer of this particular verse, of course, is Paul. And Paul is by far probably the most hard-headed disciple that uh, ever lived. I mean, he was a guy that had to have a, a conversion experience on the road to Damascus. He couldn't just take uh, God's prodding along the way. He had to have Jesus himself show up and change the course of his life. And if he can understand that I need to learn to be content in life, I think that gives hope to each and every one of us. We need to find some contentment, amen? We need to find some, some, uh, some happiness in knowing who God is and what God can do and what God already has done in our lives. A lot of what we're pray, uh, even singing about this morning is the fact that God has already, Jesus has already overcome the difficulties that I'm facing in this life. And it's a matter of my accessing what God has already done and experiencing it in my life. So this morning I want to preach to you from this series, uh, Commitment to Contentment, with the message, Finding Contentment. Finding Contentment. Is there anybody in the house that says, I could use a little dose of contentment uh, this morning? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence in this house today. God, I ask that you would help each and every one of us to put our trust and our confidence fully and squarely upon you. That, Lord Jesus, we would not look to ourselves to accomplish uh, the tasks that are before us. We would not even look to our own abilities, Lord, but we would trust in the Spirit of God and in your strength to do what we need, Lord. We would look to the God of peace, that, uh, the peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus today. Lord, I pray that you would help us all to find a little contentment in our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Well, before I start, I just want to make... Uh, I just want to take a little confession time. Is that okay? If, uh, if pastor confesses to you this morning, because really as I've been praying and as I've been thinking about what to preach and what to, to come out of our previous series with, you know, I've, I've talked to April about it. We've just kind of shared back and forth. And, and the things that we kind of have agreed on and landed on is this uh, whole idea of contentment. The fact is that uh, my first confession to you is that being content is probably one of the worst things that I struggle with. And I'm sure that's not, a, uh, uh, that's not a surprise to a lot of you, especially if you know me very well. You know that I'm driven to accomplish things to the point sometimes to my own detriment. And uh, I'm just being honest with you today that as I, as, I, as I seek to find the peace of God that He promises in His Scripture that it is really tied to the contentment that I can find within myself that is anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. 
We have to have some contentment. I need some contentment. And so I'm just being honest with you today that if this message and this series isn't for anybody in the house, that is for me. So I'm not going to preach to you. I'm not going to preach uh, at you. I'm not going to preach even about you. I'm going to be preaching today and I'm going to be preaching to myself. Is that okay? So I'm just one of the folks today. I'm not your pastor this morning. I'm not the preacher. I'm just one of the people that's trying to figure out how to make this work in this life. And so that's my first confession. My second one is this, that I am so afraid of being complacent and failing that I remain discontent. That's the driving force behind it. That a lot of times the problem is not that I can't find contentment, but I'm so afraid of failing or finding complacency in my life and settling in and not advancing or not doing what God has called me to do. There's a strong drive in me to please God. There's a a drive to do something that matters in the kingdom of God. And if I'm not careful and don't keep that in balance, what I'll find is I live frustrated and discontent rather than relying and trusting on God to unveil the process, unfold the process before me, and to lead me on in the journey of life. And so I'm just saying all that to say that I'm one of you today. I'm with you. I'm not standing in the pulpit in a place of... Uh, I've got it all together and I've got it all figured out. The fact is that if there's an area of my life that I am desperately struggling in, it is this one in finding contentment. Although accomplishments happen through an internal motivation to not live complacent, it will rob you from contentment and joy of the process and journey of life if you're not careful. And we have to be careful. The fact is that if many of you are honest in this place this morning, that you feel a lot of discontentment in your own life as well. You find areas of your life where you feel dissatisfied. You, you are experiencing some dissatisfaction. Uh, places where you feel like it's inadequate or insufficient. And if only this particular area of my life was a little bit different, then everything would be right. We all get that way. But what we'll find is if we focus on those things and we become destination-minded to the point that we think, well, if I just get this house or if I just get this car or if I just get this situation taken care of or that situation, if I get past this ailment in my life or this difficulty that I'm facing today, then everything's going to be all right. Then we're going to miss life in the process because there's always going to be this thing ahead of you. We have got to learn to enjoy the moments, right? To stop and smell the roses, right? and to embrace what life is bringing to us in the day, in the moment, in the, min- in the minutes. And, and, and those are special things. The fact is that it's just an illusion to think that we'll ever get to a place where we're completely content and completely satisfied apart from God. That if I had this working right in my life, if I had a better job, or if I had a better relationship, or if I had a better situation then I would finally be happy. The fact is, if you can't be happy right where you're at and in the midst of what's going on in your life, you're probably never going to be happy. It's about finding contentment in the midst of difficulty. Finding contentment in the midst of the blessings of life. Finding contentment no matter where I am or what I'm going through or what I'm facing in this moment. The fact is that in many cases, it is just downright comical and even ridiculous where we find discontentment in our lives. It's true if you think about it. Uh, There's a lot of places that it's just absolutely ridiculous uh, 
when we really evaluate what we say and what we're thinking. So when it comes to contentment, it's amazing some of the things that people say. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, 6. I want to read to you from the Message Bible. It says this, it says, So be content with who you are. Don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. He is most careful with you. 1 Peter 5 and 6 begins with a, with a command or with a calling, if you will. It says, so be content. So be content. The first point I want to make to you this morning is that contentment is a calling. Contentment is something that God clearly in His Scripture tells us to be. He says, be content. It's something that we ought to embrace. It's something that ought to be a part of who we are. It ought to be a, 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 just the way that a Christian lives his or her life is contentment, a, a calling to contentment. Like all callings, contentment is a life pursuit. It's something that every single day of our lives we have to get up and we have to make a decision today, am I going to be content with my life and what God has for me today or am I going to live dissatisfied, frustrated, aggravated and not enjoy the joys that come with being a servant of God? I think, this is just me, but I think Christians ought to be the happiest people on the earth, right? I mean, I think Christians ought to be the people that, that have pleasant outlooks on life. I think Christians ought to have positive attitudes. I think Christians ought to be fun to be around. That's not always the case. Right? Some people, I promise you, the last thing you want to do is ask them how, how they're doing. Well, brother... I've got corns on my feet. I've got all these ailments. And it goes on and on and on and on. We ought to be content. Not that we can't share in each other's difficulties and, and struggles because we have to do that as brothers and sisters. But we ought to be positive. We ought to be happy. We ought to be joyful people that have something that is so contagious that the world around us is wanting what we have. Some of them are afraid to catch what we've got, right? Amen. So be content. It's a calling. Contentment is rooted in the very character of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said when he was teaching his disciples, he brings them together and he's teaching them how to pray. He says, give, t pray this way. He said, pray in a such a way that you say, give us this day our daily bread. What's he saying there? He's saying this. He's saying that, God, whatever is before me today, you are giving me the resources I need to deal with what's before me today. You're giving me everything that I have need of to deal with the difficulties and the problems and the struggles of the day. God gives us that. He doesn't give us a big bank of things to, to last us for the next three or four months, but He wants us to rely on Him every single day. And that's why I say to you that, that contentment is a calling because it's a daily quest. It's a daily thing that we go before the Lord and we say to Him, God, give me what I need for this moment in time. Give me what I need to deal with my boss today, God. Give me what I need to deal with my spouse today, God. Give me what I need to deal with my, my children. Give me what I need to deal with this financial circumstance or this situation. God, I need my daily bread today. Trusting God that He will give you what you need for today. 
Contentment is rooted in the character of Christ in that when Jesus was going to the cross and when he was being accused and when he was being uh, ridiculed and spit in his face and all of these things were happening to him, he did not utter a word the word of God tells us. Why? Because his contentment was not found in his circumstances surrounding him, but it was based on his relationship with God himself. And because of that, he was able to deal with the things that were in front of him with grace and with mercy. And you can deal with their situations with grace and mercy. Instead of freaking out, flipping out, getting wound up about it, we can learn to deal with our stuff through grace and mercy. Amen. Contentment is also a decision to put God in His rightful place, to acknowledge that He is sovereign and trust Him with the outcome of our lives. God is in control. I don't know about you, but that does help calm me. When I feel like nobody's in control, and I'm certainly not in control, I still know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is in control. And even though I may have lost hold on a situation, and I may be out of complete control of a situation, I still can trust that God is sovereign, and I trust Him that He is still working all things. Somebody say all things. All things to the good of those who serve the Lord and those who are called according to His purpose. Contentment. It's a decision that we make to trust God and to put Him in His rightful place. God's desire is always to bless us and advance us but He will not do that to our detriment, church. God's desire is to bless us and advance us, but He'll not do that to our detriment. And so as we're growing and as we're developing and as we're waiting on what is next in our lives and as we're waiting for for a situation to finally pass us and come to pass, we have to trust that God has us in this season for the good of our own selves. There's something to learn. There's an area for me to grow in. There's an attitude that I need to get rid of or change. And so if I'm not moving forward, then what is it that's holding me back? And God, help me to be content while you're working on me. Help me to be content while you're developing me. Help me to be content while you're growing me because I trust that you are doing it for my good. The calling of contentment is to be content with who we are and where we are in life. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, So be content with who you are. When I am content with who I am, it frees me to be patient. All the patient people in the house, wave your hand at me this morning. Yeah. There's a lot of lying people in the house this morning. (laughs) more, More that didn't raise your hand, that's good. Because the truth is, when we're content... It does free us to be patient. Why? Because I know God's working behind the scenes. He's developing some things. He's he's setting the stage for me. And when I can be patient, or when I can be content, I can be patient to wait on Him. And our lack of patience is rooted oftentimes in our lack of contentment. I'm discontent. I'm trying to get the cart ahead of the horse. I'm trying to get the, the man ahead of the Savior. And I need to wait on Him because He is paving the road for me. He is developing the pathway for me. A calling to contentment is also a calling to be thankful. We have to be thankful, church. 
when we're thankful and when we're truly thankful for the good things in our lives and when we don't focus on this nonsense that we watched just a few minutes ago but we actually focus on the things that are important in our lives, we can understand how we are blessed and because we're blessed, we ought to be thankful for it. Colossians 3.15 says this, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Peace paves the road to thankfulness. And when we walk in the peace of God, it's easy for us to also walk in thankfulness. Just think about some of the stuff that you say on a daily basis. The stuff that I say on a daily basis. Oh, I wish I didn't have to be at work at 9 o'clock in the morning. There's a lot of people that don't have jobs. We ought to be thankful for that. This Burke water is nasty. Do you know there's people over in other countries that are dying of dysentery because they don't have clean water? I wish this drought would end. There are places in the world that don't even have water and they're waiting on someone to come and drill a well that only costs $5,000 and will solve the problems of that entire village. What are we thankful for? This coffee's too hot. This coffee's too cold. There's no place in this town to eat. You're going to say that after you leave this place this morning. I don't want to eat in Burke. I get tired of eating this same old stuff all the time. I get tired of eating at Whataburger or Brahms or any of the other places in town. I just, I, wish, I don't know. We all say it. But we ought to be thankful that we have places to go. Thankful for the good things in our lives. Thankful for what God has given us. Contentment is a calling. It's something that we do on a daily basis. 1 Peter 5 and 6 goes on to say, God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. God's strong hand is on you and He'll promote you at the right time. Point number two is this, that contentment is not the same thing as complacency. Contentment is not complacency. Contentment looks at this verse of Scripture and actually believes the verse. It believes that God's strong hand is on me and that He'll promote me in the right time, that God is working in my life, He is cultivating the areas of my life, He is growing me so that He can promote me in the right time. And if I trust Him with that, then it's easy for me to be content in whatever state I'm in. If I believe that, then it's easy for me to hold on to the words of the Apostle. Paul and say, okay, even though there's challenges, even though there's blessing at times, whatever state I'm in, I am content. But beyond that, the verse also indicates that I can't sit idly by and embrace complacency in my life rather than contentment. How so? If God's hand is on me, listen to me, church, then He is presently active in my life. Would you agree? If He is presently active in my life, then He is working on me. Why? He is working, actively working, always working on me for the purpose of advancing me and moving me into a new level of life with Him. So I can't settle for complacency. And complacency ignores the reality He ignores that reality and says, I'm good right here where I'm at and I'm not moving. Complacency is not uh, not contentment. 
And it's easy for us to fall into the trap of saying, well, I'm just content, that's why I'm not growing, or I'm just content, that's why I'm not doing anything about this situation. I'm just content. So, no, no, no. Don't confuse contentment with complacency. Complacency keeps us moving or, or, or stifles us from moving and advancing, but contentment keeps us moving with God and allows us to step into new levels of His grace as we walk with Him. Will Rogers said this, he said, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Right? Even if you're on the right track and you're doing some of the right things, you get run over if you just sit still. God is a moving God and He's on the move and He wants us to be moving with Him. And so there's no room for my, in my life for complacency, to settle with complacency. We also need to recognize that complacency is the enemy's counterfeit to contentment. Now think about that for a moment. It's his counterfeit to contentment. God wants us to be content that whatever state we're in, we're okay, that he's still God and he's still in control and we trust that he's working in our lives. But complacency says I'm stuck, I'm staying, and I'm not moving. And the enemy wants to interchange those at times in our lives and get us convinced that we're really content when we're just complacent. Francis Chan says it this way. He says, what the world doesn't need is Christians who tolerate the complacency of their own lives. And I fully agree with that. The world does not need more complacent Christians. The world does not need more people that are happy just to sit and be and to never become what God has called them to be. So here's the key. Contentment is about finding a balance between motivation and drive on one hand and finding balance between motivation and drive and grace and peace. It says, yes, I am an overcomer. Yes, I am a conqueror. Yes, I have dominion. And yes, I have an inheritance. But I also uh, believe that His grace is sufficient for me and I count it all joy no matter what I'm facing or what I'm dealing with. I trust God. Yes, I'm advancing because He's made me to advance, but I'm okay to wait on the Lord in seasons where I need to wait on Him. And He gives me the grace. He gives me the peace. He gives me the mercy to wait and say, what I have today is sufficient for me. My God has given me my daily bread for this moment. So how can I tell the difference between contentment and complacency? One key way that you can tell the difference is contentment always leaves room for growth while complacency stifles it. I'll say that to you again. Contentment leaves room for growth while complacency stifles it. And so here's some questions that you can ask yourself to decide whether or not you're living in a place of complacency or living in a place of contentment. First of all, are you doing what you can to advance and lift your life? Are you doing what you can right now to advance and lift your life? If the answer is no, then you might need to check if you're living in a place of complacency or not. If the answer is yes, then perhaps you found some contentment. Are you actively involved in these four areas of life? Are you connecting to God? Am I growing in my relationship with Jesus? Am I finding new ways to spend time with Him and to cultivate that relationship? Am I cultivating relationships with other people? Am I connecting with others? Am I connecting to my ministry and my purpose for being here? And am I connecting to the lost? 
Because you may be content in one area and you may be full-blown complacent in another one. And you have to decide that God is advancing me in all four of those areas. They're equally important. My relationship with God, my relationship with others, my relationship with my ministry and my relationship with lost people. That's the things that God has called us as Christians to do. And we ought to be advancing in every single one of those areas of life. And then thirdly, do you have a vision for your life and are you living intentionally? Are you living intentionally? Are you living on accident? Well, brother, I just kind of handle things as they come my way. Well, if you want to live a reactive life, then that, I guess that's, that's okay, but I believe that God has called us to more than that. And we ought to be living on, out of intention and out of a vision that we have for ourselves and for what God has for us. You have to choose contentment while not settling for complacency. 1 Peter 5 and 7 goes on to say this. It says, live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. Aren't you glad that you serve a God today that is not careless with you? He's not careless with you. Rather, He is most careful with you. 1 Peter 5 and 7 in the New King James says it like this. It says, casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. Discontentment comes when I decide that I can handle my cares better than God can handle them. That I have a means to an end that is quicker and faster and better than God's means to an end. And I take it upon myself. And I say, okay, God, you're not moving fast. I am that guy. God, you're not moving fast enough. Let me jump in here and help you. Let me go in here and fix it. Let me go make something happen. And if you're honest with me today, many of you are the same way. We all are. We all have those quirks. We have those different areas of life. We have some areas that I can trust God till Jesus comes back with something. And then I have other areas of my life that I wouldn't let him deal with it for five minutes before I'm jumping in trying to handle it. And you are the same way. So we have to trust him in all those areas. And contentment and joy and peace, those things that seem to evade us in our society today are accessible to us and readily available to us if we can learn to embrace God's sovereignty and trust Him in the process. And so here's my third point, that contentment is a choice. Contentment is a choice. Some of you may not want to hear that today because you'd rather it be something that I don't have any control over. But the fact is, it is something that we all have control over. It's something that we get to choose for our lives. It is a choice. It is not something that happens to us. It's not something that happen, we happen onto. But it is a choice that we make and we make that choice every single day of our lives. I have to believe that it is a choice because I believe that it is a derivative of the attitude. It is a, an expression of our attitude. It's how I'm approaching life. And so if I choose to approach it through trusting God and believing that He is a sufficient God and able to meet my needs, then contentment is a byproduct of that choice. And although, you know, that word contentment is a noun, it is very much... A verb in the sense of being content. When we choose to be content, it's something that we have to do. Something that we have to choose. Something that we have to engage in. It doesn't just happen to us. You get to choose every day just like I do. 
what we say and what we do. And what we say and what we do clearly demonstrates whether or not we are living from a place of contentment or not. If I'm always talking about what I need or want or what I don't have, it's clear that I'm not living from a place of contentment, but rather a place of dissatisfaction, a place of neediness, wanting, a place of just disgruntled with life. Contentment is a choice to see our world from a different perspective. It's a choice to see our world from a godly perspective. To see with fresh eyes and fresh vision that comes from God. To try to see things like He does. One that trusts God. That He is truly a sovereign God. And He is not holding out on me in any way, shape, or form. The truth is, the truth is that when we're discontent, if you dug through all of the surface stuff and found the root of the problem, it's that we don't trust God is truly doing what is best for us. That He's holding out on us in some way and He's not getting to me the things that I need in my life. And so therefore, we don't waste time waiting on Him. We go and try to fix it ourselves and only circumvent His plan, circumvent His process, and by doing that, we distance us from getting to the place we truly want to be. God has good intentions for us. God has good plans for us. His desire is to advance us and to bless us in our lives. We have to believe that. And if we believe that, then we have to wait patiently on when the time comes for Him to get it into our hands. He is most careful with me. You read that verse of Scripture and you think about it for a little while. He is most careful with me. He doesn't want to send me down the wrong path. He doesn't want to give me something that comes between he and myself. He doesn't want to separate us. And so he is very careful with me. He's patient. He's kind. He's merciful. He's gentle in the process. And every one of us in this place, if you'll be honest, you're hard-headed. Hard to deal with at times. Just dull in our thinking. I'm talking, remember, I'm preaching to myself here this morning, so don't get mad at me. And sometimes we just, we're trying to make things happen for us when God is being careful with us in the process. He's loving us through it and He's patient and He's kind. So many times I just, I just think about how, how loving that He is, that He hasn't given me the things that I've been wanting. He's been gracious enough to hold back and to wait until it's the right time in my life for me to accept it and embrace it. So for all the complacent folks in the house this morning, you're in somebody's way today, probably your own. And it's probably a good time to get moving. But for the drivers in the house, those that are determined to climb the mountain in front of you no matter the cost, and you're willing to run over whoever to get there, my word to you this morning is just relax. Relax. Turn to your neighbor and say, relax. you got to say it kind of soothing or it doesn't work. Relax. Yeah, like that. Relax. we got to relax. It's okay. You know, I have to say it to myself sometimes, and, and, and April certainly says to me, you just need to relax. Calm down. You want to go get a massage? We need to relax a little bit. If we would just relax 
and release it into the hands of God, then we could truly do what verse 7 is saying to us and we could live carefree before Him. I'd love to be able to live carefree before God, wouldn't you? I'm just saying today I don't at all. I've got the cares of the world on my shoulders and sometimes you can clearly see it. I don't want to live that way. I want to live carefree because that's what God says is available to me and possible for me. And so I want that. April is more content than I am by nature. Why wouldn't she be? Right? I mean... Amen. Thank you, Blake. Thank you. A little off on the timing, but anyway. But there are times when I have to say to her, calm down, relax. We all need each other. She has to say it to me regularly. Calm down, relax. Ease up. So if Amber will come to the keyboard this morning, here's what I want you to get. Is contentment is a calling. So will you accept it today? God is trying to give it to you. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have happiness in your life and joy in your life. Contentment is not the same as complacency, so I'm asking you to reject complacency. Again, the world doesn't need more complacent Christians. We need Christians that have a purpose, that are living life on purpose and living out of intentionality. Contentment is a choice. And so I'm asking you and challenging myself, let's choose it. Let's choose it. There's a lot of hectic things that go around, on around us. A lot of busyness in this world. And I think everybody in this place needs a little contentment. The series is called Commitment to Contentment. And so I'm leading the charge today. If you'd stand across this place. I'm leading the charge today by saying I need and desire to make a commitment to contentment in my own life. And I'm choosing today to be content with who I am in Christ and where I currently am in my journey with Him. All the while, leaving room for growth, leaving room for His development in my life, leaving room for Him to do whatever He chooses to do for me. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about this deeper. We're going to be talking about being content in, in other ways. And so here's what I'm asking. Will you commit with me today that you will seek to find contentment in your own life, if you will. Would you come and just stand across the front today just as a, as a uh, gesture of commitment this morning that, God, I want to be more content. I want to find some refreshing, some renewal, some restoration, some peace. God, I've got these areas and I want you to be in charge of them this morning. Would you just pray in your own way as I pray over you this morning? Father, I thank you, Lord, for every person that's taken this step today. Lord, I know that it is your desire that we would find peace and contentment in our lives that we would find the joy that is promised to us, Lord, for the joy of the Lord is our strength, is what your word tells us. So, Father, today we want to embrace it. We're making a commitment to you this morning that we're going to walk in contentment in our lives. We're not going to let dissatisfaction, frustrations, disappointments, 
determine our course, but rather we're going to put our trust in You, rely on You, believe in Your sovereignty over our lives and over this earth, and know that everything You do, You're doing it for our benefit. We love You today, Father, and we thank You for that. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye still closed, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what I'm going to ask you to do is just slip your hand up right where you're at and put it right back down. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and just say, that's me. Amen. I see a hand. Is there others? I want to pray with you this morning right where you're at, and I'm just going to ask God to come into your heart, to change your life, and I'm going to challenge you to do the same. Just invite His presence into your heart and into your life and say, God, I want you to change me. Father, I thank you for this hand that was raised. I thank you, God, that you're working in their lives right now. That you're dealing with them, God, and you're drawing them to you. Father, you said in your word that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful, you are just, and you will forgive us. And so, Father, you wipe them clean, you wipe them away, and they are as if they never were. I praise you, God, that you are working to draw us closer to you. Lord, I pray that you bless this individual, help them to grow in their relationship with you, Lord. Let them find hope and victory, Lord Jesus, and love from this church family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkernet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after Reverend. Till I found myself face down on your shore. You say, Come to the river.